This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, darkness, my old friend. That's more like it. That fits better today. I've come to talk with you again. Welcome back, midday show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Gillio. Yeah, it's a dark day. Tough day here in yeah, Philadelphia. It's, it's rough. Well, hopefully our next guest can make it a little bit better or just give us some perspective on how bad it is. Elliot Shore Parks, his weekly spot, brought to you by Cozy Jewelers. Step up to the 50. That's color cut, clarity, carrot, and cozy. Elliot, how are we doing today? How are you guys doing? That's the real question. How, how's morale at the station? I haven't been able to be in, be in there yet. It's pretty it's, low. It's not It's yeah. not great. It's oh. not great. No, no overalls for you guys today? Not you today. Okay. Feels, right. feels like an attack. <laughs> yeah. Not, not, no. We're at, we're done with those for today. Elliot, <clears throat> unfortunately, the season is over as well. All right, you were there last night. Elliot, um, g- give us your feeling on what we saw last night because the more I, I think through this and just you know grapple with what happened, it's clearly one of the biggest losses in Philadelphia sports history. It was a collapse. It was a choke. And, you know, it's it's tough today because they had it and they gave it away. Yeah, it's one of the biggest choke jobs I've ever seen in my life uh, in Philadelphia with sports. Um, It's one of the worst losses I've seen in probably 20-plus years uh, from a Philly sports team. And just in terms of of the players, right, it is one of the worst choke jobs I've seen from players specifically. Like, we love to point out how much Joel Embiid chokes and James Harden chokes and all these people. It is worse than anything they've ever done. To show up, to be up 2-0, to be up 3-2, and then to no-show like that in 6-7 and at home, I think it's the biggest choke job, one of the biggest, if not the biggest choke job we've seen from Philly athletes uh, in a very long time. So who do you lay this blame at? Whose feet do you lay this blame? To the players at the top of the order. I mean, Harper, I know he didn't get good pitches to, you know, for the last few games, but I thought he pressed as it went on and he started having bad at-bats. Trey Turner did not show up. Castellanos really cooled off. I mean, the last few games, you got almost nothing from the guys that you were paying the most money to. I mean, it won't get as much talk attention now, but Aaron Nola, obviously, in game six, was a disappointment. I don't want to say he was a no-show, but he was a complete disappointment uh, for, for his performance there. So, unfortunately, it was the team's uh, best players that really let them down. I mean, Boehm hit, Marsh hit. Obviously, Rojas didn't hit, but he's not expected to. It was the top of the order and the, and the best guys 
they came up the smallest. Yeah, it's, well, you're right about that. They, they, they really struggled down the stretch. And, Elliot, I, I, it's hard to read this. It's just a feeling we all get. It did feel to me like they got overconfident up 2-0 because they went to Arizona and, you know, the whole Garrett Stubbs quote about the beeline to the pool. They lost four out of their last five to a team that barely was over 500. It's, it's not just the collapse is obvious, and, and you're right about that in the choke. But I also think that they, they may have thought this thing was over before it was. Yeah, I think that in a lot of ways the Phillies are an unserious team. Like when, when they're winning at home and they can ride the vibe of the crowd and they can hit home runs and do celebrations on second base, that's where they're good. When things get tough or when the expectation is on them to perform, that's where they don't show up. And I also think that they're a sloppy team. Like we saw base running errors uh, throughout the series. We saw bad at-bats, bad approaches at the plate. Like they are really good at hitting home runs and having a great time. And that's awesome when they do it. Like the crowd at Citizens Bank, when that's going on, is the best environment I've ever seen in sports. And the crowd was great last night. Like they did stay encouraging throughout the whole game. But when things get tight with this group of Phillies players, they choke. Like, it is what it is. I mean, I don't think we have to sugarcoat it just because the crowds are awesome. Like, they choke when things get uh, – when, when the pressure gets high. And that's what we saw in game six and seven. My question to you is this. Reese Hoskins, Aaron Nola, are they here next year? It's a tough one. I mean, I do think – like, Nola probably didn't help his, his stock in these final games. I don't know how much it will, you know, impact, like, big money. I would still be open to bringing Aaron Nola back. If you don't use that money on him, you have to find someone else. Aaron Nola at least has experience pitching here. I know his results in the playoffs are, are very hit and miss, but at least you know that he has the ability to perform in the playoffs sometimes. Like, I think it's, you have to take into account the pressure of playing in Philadelphia when you sign some of these free agents, as we saw with Trey Turner to start the season. Um, so I would be interested in bringing Aaron Nola back. Reese, I would as well. I don't think he's going to get a lot of money. The only problem with Reese is I don't know where he would fit. Like, I mean, if you're going to take Bryce off first base, maybe you put Reese there. Maybe you have Reese. DH, but then, you know, obviously you can't have uh, Schwarber DH. So I think with Aaron Nola, like, I'm willing to commit the money. And with Reese, I just don't think it'll cost much, but he just doesn't fit as well. Elliot, where would you rank this? I know you said it's as big or it's up there with the biggest losses in, you know, let's say the last 25, 30 years or so. But where would you rank this? And we've had some, you know, this city's had some tough ones. Obviously, the Super Bowl last year being up 10 points is a big one. The Sixers have had, you know, pick one out the last few years, maybe the Hawks in Game 7. Um, and then you go back 20 years ago, the Bucks, the game Hugh played in 02, and obviously the next year, the Dell home game against the Panthers. Where, where would you put this if you're kind of making a list here of the, of the worst losses? So I think it's number two, and I would put it only behind the Eagles and the Bucks, just because when you're making lists, the Eagles always take priority. Like the expectations are greater, the losses hurt more. And that game, really, I think the fact that it was at the vet, everyone was expecting them to win, they go up 7 nothing. like the previous championship game losses, that one really felt like it was going to be it. So I still think that is the poster child for a, a painful Philadelphia sports loss and a bad Philadelphia sports loss. But I think this is, this is number two. I mean, when going into the series, everybody assumed they were going to win. When they were up 2-0 and won that game 10, 10 nothing. me included, I was already planning out like how I was going to work the World Series and my schedule and like all these things, right? Like People were ready. And then you go up 3-2, to two and it's like, all right, this looks like they're going to do it. So I think, like, yeah, Sixers-Hawks is a bad loss for sure. But I think this one is worse just because it was the next round. Um, the, the, the Jake DeLome loss is painful. But I just think an 84-win Diamondbacks team when you're up 2-0, 3-2, like, it's, I think it's number two for me. Elliot, do you think this group here, and I'll just put it as a group, not just the individual, you know, certain individuals, individuals do you think they rely too much on the crowd, on the vibe, on the good feelings? Because you said it earlier, like, when things are good – 
they're great. They get up on the Braves in a series and they just blow the doors off them. But when things get tight or the other team comes back, let's say the Astros last year, the Diamondbacks this year, they don't punch back. Do you think there's too much with this group of they just ride on emotion and then if it goes the other way, they, they don't know how to counter that? I think that's probably part of it. And I think that's what makes this team so fun to watch and so fun to be at Citizens Bank for. Like, they are a team that when things are going great, there is no better show in Philadelphia sports than this team going up to the plate and hitting home runs and, you know, doing what they do with the crowd. But I also think, and this is no shot at the crowd whatsoever, like, we have to get to the point where the biggest thing we talk about with the Phillies is not the crowd. We have to start talking about the players, like, on the field, in the dugout. And I think that sometimes we get so wrapped up in how awesome the crowd is that, you know, we, we, we overlook some of the flaws with this team. So, I, yes, and look, next year will be interesting. I think they're kind of where the Sixers are now where now that they have had two straight seasons of last, the first year wasn't really a failure, but they didn't win the, win the World Series. Next year, it'll be interesting to see, like, what will the crowd be like? Will they play dancing on my own? Like, the things that we really enjoyed about Red October, unfortunately, they, they might be gone now, or at least, like, have forever changed on how we're able to enjoy them. All right, Elliot, it's, it's kind of strange that we're seven or eight minutes into a conversation and the Eagles traded for a two-time All-Pro safety, and we haven't asked you yet. Well, just three baseball guys, so I guess it's not surprising. That's true. We are just deep yeah. down all baseball guys. All right, Elliot, let's transition to the other team in town that's pretty good. The Eagles land Kevin Bayard from the Titans. Your thoughts on the acquisition? It feels just on the surface. I saw some of your tweets about his versatility. It feels like this is the kind of guy that is exactly what they need in the secondary. Yeah, I, you know, I guess it's always fair to have some skepticism when a player that you acquire only costs a fifth and a sixth-round pick. But I think this is an absolute slam dunk, awesome trade by the Eagles. I think he's exactly what they needed in a lot of ways. One, on the field, he'll be able to play a number of different positions for them, depending where they want to pit him. put him. He can play both safety spots. He can play nickel. And it's not just like he can play them in theory. He literally plays each of them different weeks for the Titans. If you look at his snap count this year, he's been all over the field on where he's lined up. So he's extremely versatile in the secondary and can help them at the specific spots that they've had trouble with. So I think... He takes an already very good defense and an already, you know, with Sean Desai and the scheme he's running, a very good scheme and can make it even better. So I think on the field, it's a slam dunk. But I really think off the field, he's going to add a lot of value as well. If you look at that safety room and you look at the nickel position, they had just so few veterans, like let alone just players that we think can go out there and play, but guys that have seen a lot in the NFL, guys that have played in the NFL for a long time. I think he's going to be able to come into that specific meeting room and really help the young guys. I think he'll be good for Sidney Brown. I think he'll be good for Reed Blankenship and the other young players on the roster that they're trying to develop. So fifth and a sixth, you know, you wonder why it's that cheap. But I think from, you know, looking at it, it looks like an outstanding trade. And, and not only that, man, you talk about the way that that secondary played last week against Miami with a bunch of young guys out there, guys that have just gotten here to add somebody with his, his caliber, caliber of player you got to be excited as a secondary player. You shot, I know Sean, Coach Desai was excited, definitely. Yeah, and, and I also think Darius Slay will also probably be very excited. I think for veteran and James Bradbury, for, je- for veteran corners, when you have like, players that are constantly moving at safety, whether it's Sidney Brown one week, Justin Evans the next, uh, you know, Terrell Edmonds, Reed Blankenship, I think as veteran corners that have been successful in the NFL, having a veteran safety, ne- safety next to one of them, depending on what side of the field or where he lines up, I think is going to make them even better as well because they'll have a guy they can trust. They'll have a guy that they've seen similar things in terms of their experience in the NFL. So it is funny with the, uh, with the secondary. I feel like every week we talk, it's, man, they don't have any guys. The secondary is going to be a big problem this week. 
and each week they just go out and perform at a high level. So for as good as they've been so far, you just wonder how what level they can get to when, when adding a player like this. Yeah, and hopefully even bigger ones. 6-1 right now in Washington on Sunday. Elliot, we appreciate you hopping on. Baseball guys talk. It's a baseball and a little football. We'll, we'll talk soon, Elliot. Thank you. We'll talk basketball soon, too, so it'll be oh, fun. Oh, can't wait. Can't <laughs> wait for the Sixers season. All right, Elliot, there he goes. <laughs> Elliot Short Parks there. Don't forget the Clap Your Hands podcast, which Elliot is, of course, doing with Jack Fritz. Yes, um... I guess James Harden showed up. I don't care. How's yeah, he did. Done? He came. He yeah. came. And he, I think he planned on playing oh. in Milwaukee. He showed up physically as he showed up mentally yeah. is really probably what I'm not, yeah. Probably not. But he and neither, neither have I showed up mentally for the Sixers season. So how about that? 215-592-949. If we'll get back to the phones on the other side. But we have, uh, we have a Twitter watch in development today. One Phillies player is not happy with Rob Thompson and how he was used. Or wasn't used in the playoffs. This is a bad look. We'll tell you about it next. I, I this kind of stuff frustrates me. Even even though we can criticize Topper as fans, this stuff is just. Uh, we'll, we'll explain next. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. All your reaction on the midday show. Sports Radio ninety four WIP. If you're in a, if you're a caregiver in the Philadelphia area in the Lehigh Valley who takes care of a loved one, you need to call my friends at Ameribest Home Care today. You'll be greeted by a live onboarding specialist dedicated to hiring you quickly and compliantly. They offer daily pay, performance bonuses, reward programs, and more. Ameribest takes care of those caregivers so you can focus on what's most important, caring for your loved one. Call Ameribest today at 1-800-HOME-CARE or go online to AmeribestHomeCare.com radio.